Hey everyone, Tom here, Alpha Metallica, and I want to kick off by just saying, rest in peace, Cliff Burton. I appreciate with podcasts, when you're listening back, you may be listening back far, far in the future, but the day I'm actually uploading this, which is September 27th, 2017, it's now been 31 years since that bus crash, uh, since Cliff was taken away at the age of 24, so cruelly, so unfairly. I'm sure if you listen to this, you obviously know that Cliff was a genius, you know, unparalleled in terms of talent, in terms of vision. Uh, it seems like a remarkable person as well. You know, I, I spoke to Ray, his father, on, on the show, definitely listened to that episode, and just the stories he told just reinforced, you know, what a unique personality he is. And I, I just wanted to do something quickly in, you know, in respect, in retrospect, really, as well, and talk about Cliff Amore. I don't know if you're aware of Cliff Amore. Again, you probably are if you're listening to this. It's available on YouTube if you want to watch it. Originally, it was a video compilation. Metallica's first video. It was released in November 17, 1987. It's basically sort of retrospective on the three and a half years Cliff was in the band. It's got loads of bootleg footage shot by fans, some professional footage, some TV shots that were never used. His bass, some of his best bass solos, photos, you know... uh, images of the band as well sort of stuff you might not have normally seen it's it's fucking awesome it's really really good at not only as a kind of tribute to cliff but also just as a kind of chronicle of the band so yeah i'm just going to go through talk about the songs talk about anything interesting they've done you know similar to stuff we've done in the past as well just before i do though please follow the show at metallica pod on twitter please subscribe to us on youtube go on to itunes as well if you can leave a review that would be greatly appreciated um we've got the patreon as well patreon.com forward slash Alpha Metallica, if you want to support the show, you want to give back, you basically get access to things that will come out on the channel in a few weeks' time after being on the Patreon. So at the moment, um, our Icon review, I did a review with Dave, great friend of the show, Dave, on Metallica's MTV Icon ceremony, which was a lot, a lot of fun. Uh, me and Sam, my friend Sam, I believe it will be on the Patreon at this time, we're doing a music video series um, going through every single Metallica music video. And yeah, we reviewed sort of the first six, so one and all the Black Album ones as well. It's going to be fun to go through those. But yeah, this is Cliff Amore, and it's interesting just to even look at the packaging themselves because so much about Metallica is them not wanting to kowtow to any form of mainstream adherence. And on the back of the video itself, it reads, quote, Well, we finally went and did what we always talked about not doing, releasing a video. Before you throw up in disgust, let us, in brackets except K, I assume K is Kirk, tell you the idea behind this. First of all, this is not your typical shit home video done with high-tech ID cameras, production, and sound. It's a compilation of bootleg footage shot by sneaky metallifucks, stuff shot for TV that was never used but were held onto, home footage, personal photos, and us drunk. But most important, it's really a look back at the three and a half years that Cliff was with us and includes his best bass solos and the home footage and pics that we feel best capture his unique personality and style. The quality in some places ain't that happening, but the feeling is there. And that's what matters. And that's right, really. Like, there is some really endearing stuff shot here. There's stuff at festivals. There's stuff down in the pits at shoulder height. And one of the great things about the whole compilation is the candid nature of the selections. And as ever, I'm going to refer back to Mick Wall's fantastic Enter Night, his biography of Metallica. And he really hits the nail on the head here, saying, quote, Cliff Amore was a groundbreaking release. More than a decade before such concepts as reality TV, the unscripted, unplanned, apparently random nature of the material came as a delightful surprise, whether one was a dyed-in-the-wall Metallica fan or merely a random viewer, by turns amusing, sad, and surprisingly insightful. It's the kind of thing we take for granted in these YouTube-inflected times, but which seemed utterly revelatory back then. 
and you know and though it is slightly ragtag in its presentation i think it works in its favor it, it bestows it a certain genuine verisimilitude and and lars spoke about this at the time quote to be honest i don't think the quality of the footage is going to affect us adversely it's not as if the video is going to act as an introduction to Metallica to a kid in Stoke or Tarby. It won't be the first time he's seen us or know what the score is. You might well find some of the shit amusing though, like seeing James in 83 on the Kill 'em All tour, Kill 'em All for One tour, on the Kill 'em All for One tour wearing a pair of spandex trousers. Um, and uh, Paul Brannigan and Ian Wood would helpfully add here on the little quote. This is from a drummer who in 1987 was still wearing spandex trousers. But um, yeah, let's get into Cliff Amore. And it opens with the band going down to a liquor store, seemingly robbing it. I'm not quite sure. Maybe they paid beforehand and the, and the owners were aware, the proprietors. But um, yeah, the band go in. It's so fucking cool to see. Like, I kind of take it, f you know, for granted, really. Like, I could just go on YouTube, you know, as 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 Mick said, and, you know, go on to Met Fan for Life and any for any concert that's ever happened. If I want to see them in South America in 95, it, it, you know, I can watch it on the toilet, no problem. But back then, you know, the mythos of this band and suddenly to be given something that, you know, really is very revealing. And not even revealing in a sort of revelatory way, just in a way that, you know, you're not seeing the kind of rehearsed preem thing that Metallica never were but the music industry always kind of putting that forefront so we see them going in there you know taking the beer all that sort of stuff and then we get our first proper clip so the most majority of the footage is just them playing live of course one of the major things they did with Cliff was the Aussie tour and the uh, opening song we get is Detroit April 4th 1986 uh, this is sort of shot from high up in the stands with quite a good quality camcorder actually it really captures the sound as well it's not very blocky like even if you record this on a mobile phone at times it might be quite boomy but it really gets the mix well and thank god for bootlegs like genuinely like you know you really get the quality here um, you, you see them kind of ripping into it and it opens with Creeping Death of course and they kill it they murder it um, Cliff is just headbanging consistently they they just work the song even at this time there isn't the kind of echoes of the die as they're going into it as obviously will come even before they even get to that part but you know the camera pans back as well we see the glorious Master of Puppets crosses on the stage we see the backdrop as well um, it then cuts to an interview with sort of James and Cliff talking about the new wave of British heavy metal and it, oh God, it's crazy that Cliff was like I think he was like 23 22 at this time you know younger than me like not, not that I'm young I'm 25 but you know what I mean like I see myself as kind of slightly young in the pantheon and looking at this stuff and it's just what this guy achieved in his short stay enough is he's regrettably short stay enough and um you know Lars as well talking of like the band trying to stay in tune stay on time when they're experiencing these successes they're still seeing themselves as a bit of a ragtag sort of bunch they then do a great edition of Diamond Hens Am I Evil which of course was originally the b-side to Creeping Death this is kind of an encore they go off stage Creeping Death but of course they're going to return the crowd is rabid like from reading back to the front you get the sense that they were kind of outplaying Aussie every night you know I know they were outselling him for merch people were leaving after to them they weren't interested because to be fair this wasn't like blizzard of ours aussie or this wasn't even like no more tears aussie you know i'm not this aussie story or whatever but kind of post randy Rhodes, pre-zach world i i don't know it's not my sort of aussie to be honest it's a bit kind of lame for want of a better word really but you know it's still fucking aussie of course it's still fucking awesome and they thrash up the am i evil they give a really really good addition they transition into damage ink which is a punishing really impressive stuff here and you hear cliff you know you rarely hear cliff 
speak really like there's occasional interviews in this and elsewhere on the radio and stuff like that you hear him just sort of scream yeah into the mic after they depart and you see the band sort of shuffle off to the side as well everyone just going crazy like it, it's it's a good angle actually because you can sort of see the front couple of rows the baying mass in front of them we then have a nice directorial decision where we have two interviews sort of intercutting with each other so we have the interview i mentioned before about james talking about the new wave of heavy metal and then we have an interview with dave mustaine i believe it's in march 83 so much earlier and they're kind of going back and forth back and forth and you can see here that dave is the kind of de facto leader james is asks who his inspirations are and he's over like, well, you know he just kind of gets lost for words really you know he was quite a shy guy and dave just kind of takes the mic you know he talks about sort of angel wish and um, and motorhead angel witch and motorhead an interesting cliff who always had eclectic taste you know went onto the more classical proggy you know just even classic rock sort of realm he mentions zz top and then we get into probably the best performance of the video this is a fucking incredible performance of master of puppets um the caption is still drunk on the aussie tour this is long island april 28th 1986 and this is like a proper bootleg bootleg like it's a guy in the crowd amid the marsh you can see people's heads in front of you often he's kind of he's panned very close to james and kirk's on the right so cliff often you'll just see his kind of silhouette head banging against like one of the crosses which is nice but unbelievable addition of this seriously seriously good like blistering um I, you know i i'm kind of lost for words really because you rarely see concerts shot from this angle often they're shot from the back so you can appreciate the crowd or the shot at eye level on the stage but this one's like you know looking up at them as gods you know this is their first major tour following master profits the crowd are with it i mean master such a magnificent song such a labyrinth of parts really it, it's so compelling and you know they, they play it absolutely incredible we then get to our next performance which is cliff's second gig again thank fucking god for bootleggers i'm so happy this stuff exists especially like i was just watching actually pearl jam 20 i don't know if um, anyone's seen that it's a brilliant documentary by cameron crow which just kind of documents the band and stuff and there's loads of bootlegs in that and you know i was thinking to myself like oh this is so good you know these, these bootlegs exist like it's quite early it's early 90s but this is early 80s you know and people were still there sort of chronicling that shit so yeah we're in the stone as i said it's cliff's second gig dave again as the front man to a certain extent he's introducing cliff as the major rager the four string motherfucker and he does anesthesia and it's a you know it's a transcendent performance if you want to know more about my opinions on anesthesia as well as my good friend john moore we've already covered that you know alpha metallica were doing all the songs now metallica luckily that was an early song and he's snapping i mean he's neck snapping um to be honest with you i don't know how the fucking keep bobbing and play something so complex but you know he was that talented James, again, a bit more quiet, a bit more reticent in the middle, and Dave introduces Whiplash, and they kick into a brilliant, brilliant edition of Whiplash. We then get one of many montages of photos of Cliff, and these are the moments when you just feel sad, really. I mean, the whole thing, you can kind of get enraptured with a sort of live performance and just kind of bobbing along to it, and it's so visceral, but seeing these images of this guy and, you know, it is just kind of sad and you know they talk as well about him you know then then it cuts into cliff just doing a general solo and then him sort of going from that solo into for whom the bell tolls there's then a quick interview with the band themselves cliff isn't actually in this one but the band's basically saying like stay there and it, you know james has got the heine and lars is, is sort of rocking his shorts and kirk's got um a beer of course as well and they literally just stay there you know as statues and it's very ha ha funny the next part we get to germany um, September 14th, 1985, so we're leaping way ahead from the stone here. This is the Metal Hammer Fest, where they headlined with uh, Venom and Nazareth. Four Horsemen, 
is what they kick into. And as I say, we're 18 months beyond that stone, and it's just a wonderful performance. You know, James is the front man that he's always, you know, always needed to be, always is from this point onwards. It's hard to appreciate the size of the crowd here. It's fairly enormous, I would imagine. Um, they kick into Fade to Black as well, and this is kind of, you know, not their fault, because I appreciate you playing all these stages around the world. There's some bad reverb on Kirk's opening solo. I don't really know why he kind of opted for that, or maybe it wasn't his decision, but it kind of, it slightly robs that beautiful, Beautiful fade to black opening lead of its elegance, of its you know intensity, but but still it's played well. We get a quick interview again with Cliff here. I don't know when this would have been shot. It's Cliff with uh, Lou Martin, who's Jim Martin, his very good friend's older brother. They talk about his roach smoking technique, smoking the heaviest part to ever touch these shores. Obviously, Cliff, um, God bless him, was a big stoner. I think before his final song, talking back to front, he normally used to smoke a joint before he did the final song as well. You know, he's really into that sort of stuff, into his hash as well. And then we go back into the Hammerfest. They do Seek and Destroy, which has lots of glorious kind of 80s, <laughs> kind of television special rock to plast effects where like it'll it'll be them playing and it'll be like almost a photo of them and it'll sort of go slow motion the photo will fade over and you know all these kind of training videos and stuff that you've seen they always utilize these sort of techniques and it doesn't retract anything from it you know in fact it kind of makes it a bit cuter in a way historically but you know crazy fucking performance here um we then cut to denmark the band are, you know on a demolition course of europe at this point this is july 6 1986 interesting people that they co-headlined with or maybe they just played i don't know if they co-headlined this is um the ross killed festival phil collins eric clapton elvis costello big country and they do sanitarium they do an incredible version of Sanitarium, you know, I, I like the way James plays the intro as well, he plays it slightly different with our harmonics, just a little kind of a, a tease, a little inversion there, but it de definitely um, works for the benefit of the song. James gets everyone to say hi to Cliff, which we see later on the Day on the Green stuff as well, so this is clearly something that they had down pat. Um, we get another version of Anesthesia, which is really cool actually, obviously this is a tribute to Cliff, so I like the fact that they put multiple versions in here, kind of similar, you know, but obviously just glorious to see it, especially here where the first version we saw was in a tiny club, and now we're seeing on this giant Danish festival stage and it's just as entrancing so you know I mean big up to Cliff for that just wonderful wonderful we get an interview with Lars after that as well talking about how Cliff takes ages to get ready always combing his hair and kind of re-washing it and how he never seems to sweat either of him like being in a waterbed during a sweltering day there's actually a photo of that as well which is really good to see we then get to probably the de facto image of Cliff um, that kind of lives on. I know this is the footage that Metallica tend to use in their live concerts um, whenever Rob is doing the anesthesia. Um, this being the day on the green from August 31st, 1985 uh, in Oakland. And Cliff kind of has a little solo at the beginning. Then they cut into For Whom the Bell Tolls. This is a fucking crushing version. You know, maybe the definitive version of this song. It's unbelievable. So, so good. I mean, a real homecoming for the band in more ways than one. And, and this is professionally shot. I should say as well like obviously the majority are kind of bootlegs kind of handhelds VGs whatever this is done by a proper crew and it it benefits for it I like the juxtaposition throughout though I like you know it, the band is the band it doesn't really detract from anything but it's just interesting to see this variety there um, we get another little interview with the band another bit of insight here and then back the final sort of footage we get is um, back in time you know supporting Raven on the Kill em All for One tour Raven by the way I'm hopefully going to get Raven on the podcast I have asked them on Facebook and they're definitely down to just sort of talk about the early days and talk about this tour especially so that would be really interesting to do um James has way more attitude here as well um they they start off with no remorse and go into metal militia 
James talks about killing all the posers out there, and I'm sure a lot of people have seen this kind of tour, and fuck me, I mean, they were good from the off, really, and just, just four such majorly talented guys. Cliff is killing it as well. Cliff headbanging quite a lot, but being a bit more of a lead player in this, it's kind of poking his fretboard out, kind of being a bit more commanding on the stage there, working it really well. There's a great bit at the end um, where Kirk is getting, you know, kind of doing his Hendrix thing, kind of fondling the guitar in front of the marshals and sort of like getting loads of feedback, and he passes the guitar, still plugged in into the baying crowd who kind of grab at it and jostle it and you get loads of this weird kind of feedback and eventually gets carried back to him as well but it's just he it, it just kind of puts it into this broth of humanity and then he gets gorged back out we kind of hear the crackly death now and then eventually the the v is restored back he gets something head back to him they go into an obliterating version of metal militia james shows off the kill em all record he throws it into the crowd similar to how kirk threw the guitar in it i can't imagine it's i don't think anybody got it he says we've broken of one and you know finally we get an interview as well again this is the same interview that we saw before where the guys are a statue so cliff isn't there there's no beer though um they're talking that it's a state of emergency that alcoholica is out of beer and we conclude with pictures of cliff uh, ryan plays we get all the names all the credits of the people who donated the footage which is great that they um you know acknowledge them and and that's cliff and all really it is a wonderful wonderful kind of you know hagiography in the best possible sense it really kind of you know in is so endearing they really immortalize the guy he was already immortal but it really is a you know the sense of respect that they put forth here and they really did need to do something for that and i you know i understand that maybe not even as part of the grieving process but just to acknowledge what a, what a star this guy is what a talent what what a loss and you know cliff we miss you like you know i, I don't i don't mean to sound cheesy or anything like that like i'm not really that sort of person but like you know incredible person absolutely you know uh, stunningly talented musician and it is a great great loss it was 31 years today and you know still missed as ever still a legend in the scene um you know really just gotten more and more the renown has grown and yeah check out cliff all if you haven't it's on youtube you know back in the day you have to scramble for this video i was reading some youtube comments and stuff like that and people were saying like oh my god i remember having this watching every day before school in the 80s and stuff like that and now it's just kind of i can pop it on before work but that is the glory you know and it hasn't diluted it it's made it stronger if anything else so let me know in the comments what do you think of Cliff Amall? What's your favourite moment, your favourite performance? What's your favourite Cliff performance? Definitely check out my Ray Burton interview on the channel as well. Check out my uh, discussion with John Moore on Anesthesia. Um, we go deep on the song, on the composition, on the structure, on the sound, you know, on the performance. Really, really enjoyable track that was. Uh, get in touch with me as well in the comments. Metallicapod at gmail.com is the best way. Do you want to come on? Do you want to discuss a song? Do you want to discuss a concert or a, a moment in Metallica history or whatever? You know, I love having guests on. Uh, the huge variety of guests on that i've had so far and i've only done about 20 30 episodes has been fantastic so please let's continue with that we've got the patreon as well i'd also like to push you in the um, in the line of andre vasilenko who's a very good friend of mine um, definitely the Metallica vlogger on YouTube incredibly talented musician as well shout out to that guy um, he does loads of stuff on Cliff he worships Cliff so if you want more Cliff stuff go on to his channel uh, Cliff we miss you rest in peace thank you for all the incredible music and thank you guys for listening as well um, we'll be back soon with more Metallica stuff but yeah until then peace peace